now comes the question that you know what is different about this digital age and there are a number of number of things you know the customers are very different they are younger they are a lot more demanding the velocity is is way higher the the business cycles or product cycles you know whatever cycle you look at is is getting crunched the role of data is very different volume velocity variety of data is very different the world is a lot more iterative it's not a sequential or straight kind of uh, you know straight progression it is a lot more of a feedback loop so there are many fundamental differences and and i think companies and and, and leaders are not able to see that deeply they are maybe looking at it at a very surface level hello and welcome to the brand called you i'm sandeep tyagi your host and today the brand is nitin sait nitin is not a new face uh, at this show we had talked to him in last january where we had asked him the secret of his smile and his fantastic career to date quick introduction of nitin he was educated in iit delhi and i am lucknow he worked in fantastic companies like mckinsey fidelity international became coo at uh, flipkart uh, and now runs uh, as ceo a company called insido he's also done his own startup called active karma so welcome to the show uh, nitin hello sandeep and uh, very nice to be talking to you again yes today we are talking about his new book what inspired you to write this book so look you know we are in the digital age you know this is the mega trend of our times and and this is creating huge opportunities at all levels and it is huge opportunities to build new businesses transform existing businesses uh for entrepreneurs uh, to leapfrog uh so it's really a uh, age of abundance age of tremendous opportunity uh at the same time you know what um, what has struck me is that uh, uh you know there is a big gap between the opportunities of the digital age and the and the actual reality of it you know there are billions you know hundreds of billions of dollars being spent behind building digital businesses or digital transformation which is for existing businesses and the the results from that is quite underwhelming you know 70% or so of digital transformation initiatives don't realize the full impact and that to help me has always been staggering that wow here's the opportunity but the reality of it 70% doesn't work so that in some sense has been the has been my driver that you know why is this gap there and how do you how do you bridge this gap and uh, and i felt i had something unique to to contribute there mostly coming from your experience in helping transform businesses while you were at insido or from the experience you had in flipkart which was one of the um you know success stories coming out of india actually uh, way back you know from uh, my work uh, at mckinsey you know where in late 90s i was very fortunate to be part of some of the early internet type work that happened then i was part of like a dot com startup so i went through the dot com boom to bust you know we have forgotten about it but i you know that was very much the the early part of the digital age 
And then I went back to McKinsey, you know, where I had the great fortune of building out the Knowledge Center, which was really building out analytics uh, and platform uh, businesses for McKinsey, which was, you know, which was very, very, very foundational, very interesting. I go to Fidelity, where in, in addition to my role heading India, I was leading strategy and transformation, which was really digital transformation of a, of a very product-centric business into a more customer-centric business. And then I go to Flipkart, you know, which was as crazy or as hookah as you can get. So I've been very fortunate, Sandeep, that my career has co- co- coincided with the growth of the digital age and the different uh, aspects of it. And what I, what I felt was that you know, when I look at um, what is out there in terms of content around uh, digital, either you have futurists, either you have academicians you know, who are writing about it, and they're writing about 20 years hence, you know, this is how it, it will be, but they haven't really done it. Um, or you have a lot of successful entrepreneurs um, like Mark Benioff or Satya Nadella, others talk about it, but then they end up really talking about their company and you know how it's that you know answer to all all questions. And, and you know, I thought there was a space there um, for bringing practical perspectives together. Yeah, um, indeed. And, indeed. And I think that's really what I've tried to do. Hmm. And um, it's it's a sizable book, over 500 pages. You've covered a lot of material, including case studies. Uh, but you start with a framework you call the VUCA world. How is this world different? Um, and uh, you have some companies which are trying and wasting 70% of the money, and then there are startups which are uh, getting off the ground with shoestring budgets and and building transformational companies uh, what's what's going on yeah it's a it's a great point sandeep uh, see as i've tried to understand that you know the the gap between the winners and the and the and the laggards you know, it's clear to me that you know, those who are laggards aren't necessarily bad companies. You know, these are high-quality companies run by very competent management. Now, the, the issue is that the fundamental rules of the game are changing. And if you continue to operate with the old rules, you know, what is going to happen is, I'll take the analogy from cricket, that if you have been trained on on five-day test matches and now suddenly you know you go and play a t20 but with the same um, same team and the same kind of orientation you know you're going to be completely um, out of the league uh, that is really what is happening now now comes the question that you know what is different about this digital age and there are a number of number of things you know the Customers are very different. They are younger. They are a lot more demanding. The velocity is is way higher. The the business cycles or product cycles, you know, whatever cycle you look at, is is getting crunched. The role of data is very different. Volume, velocity, variety of data is very different. The world is a lot more iterative. It's not a sequential or straight kind of uh, you know straight progression. It is a lot more of a feedback loop. So there are many fundamental differences. And, and I think companies and, and, and leaders are not able to see that deeply. They are maybe looking at it at a very surface level. And, and you know, 
as I thought about thought about this, I think this whole concept of VUCA, you know, which is volatile, constantly moving, uncertain outcomes are uncertain, complex cause-effect relationships are not very easy to establish, and ambiguous reality is hazy. To me, VUCA is a very good way of understanding the the fundamental characteristics of the digital age. So if you cannot get this concept of VUCA, then you cannot get your head around, hey, what is this digital age about? And which I think is the necessary starting point, uh, you know, whether you, know, you are a business leader leading a corporation, which is looking to figure, figure out how to play in the digital age, or you are just uh, a young professional, I think getting your head around VUCA to me is a, is a very helpful starting point. And it's a very different uh, paradigm. I mean, we... Many of us grew up when five-year plans were the were the keyword. That's how uh, people developed their strategy and and created their visions. Uh, and this is a very different uh, way to look at the world in terms of approaching it. Now you laid out seven building blocks uh, in in your book, but you chose to start with customer experience. I guess my question is. Is that really the first thing you kind of start your design of digital transformation or winning in digital transformation by starting with the customer? And maybe can you give us an example where that was the biggest difference that a company created in terms of defining customer experience, either a competitor or a transformation company? Sure. See, the... See, digital ends up being such a complex maze, uh, Sandeep, that it's very easy to get lost in it. Yeah. So, so then, you know, whenever you have a complex kind of system type of a situation, the question is that, where do you anchor yourself? Yeah. What is it? Yeah. So, and, and to me, customer is the, is the natural kind of starting point. Why is that? Because in the digital age, and I mentioned it briefly earlier, the customer expectations are rising tremendously. Yeah, they are rising tremendously. And whatever may be the sector, even some very traditional sectors, the expectations of experience are that of Netflix and Amazon. Yeah. And, and that, that's kind of that's how everybody is now oriented. Yeah. You add to that that there are customer has very high set of choices in the digital age, entry barriers are low. So there is lot more proliferation. The choices are very high, loyalty is low. And in addition to that, with, with te digital technology platforms, the direct to consumer channel is becoming so much easier um, and a lot more relevant. So whatever may be the industry, yeah, it is it is kind of the high thesis that all industries are headed to becoming B2C industries. Yeah, because it, B2C is becoming a lot more dominant. So you add all of this and you know, you, you know it's very clear that customer was always king, but now customer is gone. Uh, you know, that is the starting point. And uh, let me give you an example. And this is like um, somewhat of a non um, kind of intuitive example that, see, of course, we, the customer, we understand it well in traditional consumer businesses like retail or, or banking. But a lot of the industrial clients that I serve um, in which have been very product oriented and not customer oriented, I see a very big 
shift happening uh, there. So, you know, one of my clients is this industrial cybersecurity um, player, and it's like you know been there for a while and is a dominant player in that space. Yeah. So it used to have these like on-prem solutions, move the solutions to cloud, and in their latest kind of uh, uh, you know avatar, you know, they, you know their solutions are now on App Store. Okay. On App Store, so which is a very different paradigm, you know, for for an industrial company serving very industrial type of clients to now have, you know, their solutions are are on App Store, and that's a very different kind of mindset, you know, of how they are presenting themselves, the clients that they are looking to engage, and also then has huge implications on their on their you know product kind of design. Yeah. So, so this customer so so it is not is not just kind of this retail or consumer phenomena. It is something you know, which is fundamental, I believe, to all industries. Sorry. Yeah, no, I, I was just struck by your your example of industrial. I mean, even uh, successful companies like Uber, uh, which transformed how you call a cab or other startups have had redefined um, the experience. Is there is there a process that a company sits down, an existing company which has an existing customer experience, and is now looking, you know, like your client in the cybersecurity space? Did they take the experience and put it on mobile, or did they rethink? And what would be your recommendation? Because that's a Fundament, is this something that existing companies should aspire to or only disruptors do that? Yeah, my, my view is that existing companies have no choice you know, but to think like a disruptor. The One of the fundamental reasons for that 70% failure rate is that existing companies have been taking the existing offering, customer offering and the existing customer experience and putting that online. Uh, and not recognizing, not leveraging the huge power of the new medium. That to me is, if you ask one single reason for the 70% failure, it is this. It is taking the old paradigm, old methods from the physical world, putting it online. So um, they have to think like, a, they have to think afresh. Yeah. See, today, a lot of the, the way digital gets built in a lot of the traditional companies is like is like a very like you know like a least common multiple type of a process you know LCM process that you take you know you kind of go and search what are my competitors doing you pick up all all features and just make a long list and you know add to it what you're doing and it's like it's like some kind of a potpourri or some kind of a mixture yeah. there is no there, it's not you know, a first principles thinking is solely lacking. And that is why startups with very little infrastructure or capital are able to build something which is which makes sense because it is specific and it is addressing some specific pain points. And, and I think the uh, large companies have, I, I, they have to do that. They have to do that. And, and I see a number of my clients doing that, um, that in, in telecom, you know, 
one of the largest telecom players you know who we work very close we will have set up the separate brand a challenger brand you know which is a digital only brand now it's still a very tiny fraction of their total business but it's a very different thought process you know which is a completely digital business so the you know, the client kind of acquisition you know delivery service everything is digital and i think so it's a great learning opportunity for them um you touched upon not putting the customer experience the way it was what about the back end the operations do they need to change and in any example where uh, again taking something like uber you could build the app uh, but at the back end you could have a guy calling the taxi drivers on phone or doing it and you just wouldn't be able to deliver the service so the back end is equally important and and what have you seen in terms of successful strategies uh, of taking maybe an old cobol mainframe system and making it ready for uh, winning is that even doable or you're better off doing a challenger setup there as well it's a big question it's a big question and the answers are not easy yeah i think on the customer side i can say very very clearly that you know hey you need to rethink the journey don't you know uh, start with the existing journey and tinker that you know rethink the journey on you know on the back end and the back end has two parts to it you know there are the core systems and then there are the processes there are the operations processes uh, it's a much bigger battle and you know in fact i you know just if i see it in overall perspective over the last 10 years lot of the investments in digital have really been around the front end applications and around customer experience so by now most businesses have a web front end and have apps and all of that for me the real battleground on digital is actually the core systems and operations over the next 10 years my my bet is that that's where most of the money will go in fact the order of magnitude may be 1 to 10 yeah for every 1 dollar spent on front end application i think the need is 10 dollars on the core systems why is that so because for too long you know we have been kicking the can down the road yeah for too long you know the whole thought process was okay let us you know okay it's a multi tier architecture let's disaggregate the core systems and the front end applications front end applications given the technology involved was easier to work on yeah and you make the investment there so that's kind of a, that's a real time application and it's kind of then connected with the system you know which is in working in batch mode yeah and so how the heck do you deliver on an online promise a real time promise when still you know a large part you know your your parts of the process are still in batch mode yeah you look at a account opening process in a bank yeah that you know you may go and fill out a form real time but if you still the whole risk assessment and everything is happening in a batch mode you can never have a uh, you know it can the process can never really be real time yeah so i think we are very much at a point you know where it is the core systems and it is the the processes which are now the bottleneck in delivering the real time promise and a lot of my clients so when i look at the banks you know i think they are after having dug this issue for 10 15 years 
I think they are looking at options and uh, uh, and both of those things are, you know, how do we kind of transition this versus, you know, how do we build something completely new or we buy something new and then we kind of shift it. One to 10 is a good metric to kind of uh, to put the severity and the complexity of the problem in perspective. Um, and, uh, and I guess, uh, yeah, each situation may demand something, but clearly it has to be rethought in line with customer experience because you can't have one real time and one in batch. So, so that has to go hand in hand. Um, there are a bunch of other things that, uh, that an executive or CEO is faced with today, you know, so many terms. You have artificial intelligence, blockchain, cloud, data analytics, a lot of things that uh, are coming out which were not really needed to be mastered by a CEO or by a leader. But today, they are all over the place. What is your advice in the book or your own experience? How does one think of putting these new trends maybe in some kind of a priority order? What should one tackle first and what should one put on a watch list, but maybe uh, it, it's not ready for prime time yet? Yeah, see, the, see, there are a number of these technology trends or buzzwords. Um, and, and I think the technology industry is very good at marketing. Yeah? So they kind of create a certain hype around each one of them. Um, I think it's good for them, not always good for the buyer. Yeah, because uh, you know, as a buyer, you then may end up investing in different platforms or different aspects of the technology stack. You know, which don't always fit together. See, the key point is Sandeep, that you know, it's, it's not technology for technology's sake. It is technology finally for solving a customer problem and a business problem. Yeah. Now, for me, most of these technologies are not independent decisions. You know, they are all connected. Yeah. So I see cloud AI experience, automation, data, as think of them as an orchestra. Yeah. Now you have individual artists and they have to be good, but these really have to come together. Yeah, these have to come together. So that's how I think about the digital stack. These are, to me, very interconnected. And there is the notion of a virtual cycle or a vicious cycle. Yeah. Now, the starting point often, as we discussed earlier, is the customer and the customer experience. But the main uh, force for transformation in the stack today is cloud. Yeah, the, the scope. And the definition of what cloud is, is increasing very, very rapidly, very dynamically. Every month, you know, that almost changes. And, you know, cloud, what used to be an infrastructure capability, is now clearly the force of transformation across the data and application layers as well. So cloud program, from a technology perspective, is, I think, a good way of driving it. And, you know, and that is how you end up addressing your data and AI um, issues or opportunities as well. Yeah. Now, blockchain is perhaps something which is slightly different. Okay. And blockchain is a stack in itself. 
uh, and blockchain is not a use case. You, know, you can say I'm doing an AI use case. Blockchain is not that specific a use case. It really has to be end to end, you know, for the the benefits of a distributed ledger to play out. So um, I would see cloud AI data, all of them as this orchestra. I would see blockchain as slightly separate. Uh, but but I, I would definitely put blockchain also on the watch list because it's not prime time yet for blockchain. Um, but, but uh, you know, it's, just, you know, it's one of those things that when it hits, I think it'd be very, very transformative. But as far as cloud AI and data is concerned, this is absolutely prime time. Lots of stuff, uh, difficult to get your mind around. So let's talk about how does a leader deliver this? How does a leader master all this? Changing talent and attitudes is, is a tough problem. Uh, even if the leaders get it or one of the leaders get it, how do you bring along an organization? What are some of your learnings? Yeah, see, that's the... See, when you think about digital transformation, and you you mentioned uh, about the seven blocks that I've tried to lay out, uh, you know, technology, industry changes, customers, so on and so forth. The the block which, if I had to put things to to scale, the building block number five, which is organization transformation, would be the largest one. Yeah, that is really that is really the barrier, and I think on the challenge for for that 70% failure rate, if one is that, okay, you're just putting what you're doing onto, onto the online world. The second biggest cause of failure is thinking of digital transformation as a technology program. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, technology is certainly a driver of this transformation, but uh, the bottleneck is not technology today by any stretch of imagination. Yeah. So I would say that we are perhaps only realizing 10, maybe maximum 20% of the technologies that are already there. Yeah. The bottleneck is our ability uh, to really retool, reshape our organizations um, to be effective in, in that digital world, to move with the speed. That's one of the fundamental changes, to move with speed, to work in a more interdisciplinary fashion. Yeah, because the digital problems are not siloed functional problems. They are all customer problems. So organization change is the big, big, is the big issue. Now, the question is, how do you make a dent there? How do you get started? See, it's too big a problem to be solved as a brute force problem. Yeah, you can't do that. It will just consume too much energy and it, it will suck you out. Yeah. So the way to think about it is that how do you get a virtuous cycle going? Yeah. How do you have, you know, how do you do something, you know, which makes a tangible impact, a positive impact to something which is visible and important for the organization. And that kind of then gets more, you know, that starts a virtuous cycle. So you have to think of it as a virtuous cycle. And then towards that, you know, you know, I kind of have this, construct of a two-speed execution approach that you, know, you have to work on multiple speed. There is a speed one, you know, which is quick wins, very specific targeted problem which you can solve. Yeah. And you, you focus on speed one, get some positive traction. And then along with that, there's a speed two, which is kind of the bigger picture, you know, which also, you know, where, you know, you, you're also working on along with speed one. 
but it's not a brute it's not a brute force problem it's a you know it is about how you trigger the virtuous cycle this two speed uh, concept is 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 an interesting one i i remember reading through and and, and i enjoyed uh, the examples and the idea that you gave there i think it creates a, a kind of a quick win as well as a deep transformation base to it uh, which i think uh, can have an impact what's the role of partners um a lot of companies have experience in in hiring external uh, partners and and maybe a lot of that 70% that you talked about ends up going uh, to some of that effort how do you effectively do this transformation using partners and what's a smart way of doing it yeah see we are in a world um, sandeep that no company can do it alone yeah it's too complex a world it's moving too fast yeah and uh, you know i also see it at a philosophical level that you know both at a individual level and and at a enterprise level that it really brings home that you know we are we are not islands you know we are all highly interdependent and and kind of interconnected because uh, so so look you know um building that ecosystem uh, you know where you know you are able to access ideas talent capabilities ip uh, from multiple sources is very necessary to be able to move with the right speed and to be able to uh, to also have you know have a world view of what is happening and what do i do yeah so so there is no uh, question that you know you have to build a partner ecosystem whoever you are you know whether you are an enterprise like a bank or a telco or whoever or even for me like you know as a you know i run a technology company i need to have partners yeah so nobody can do it alone now how do you think about a partner strategy see my my view is that look you know the needs are very different the needs are very different and you have to be very clear what you need and then have fit for purpose partners for that yeah so i think for especially for the larger companies i think is clearly uh moving away from hey i have one partner and this partner will solve all of my needs to not more of a segmentation so some of the big corporations that i serve i see this that um, you know they have some large services companies that they partner with you know on some of the legacy modernization needs then they work with more specialized uh, digital analytics companies like mine you know for for more specific transformational type of needs then they work with a number of platform players and that's a big shift from before you know from build it you know yourself to more consume and buying technology yeah so so i think that is really what i see that lot more of specialization in the partner ecosystem and the and the corporate and the enterprises having lot more uh, you know um, segmenting uh, and being very clear about what they're expecting from specific partners okay so let's change uh, gears to a little bit more on the personal aspect of this what leadership traits have you personally found um, 
to be most useful in adapting uh, to this winning in the digital age? What about your own personality have you worked on over time that gives you, that has made you more adept at this over time? Yeah. So, so look, earlier, you know, when we were talking about the, the execution approach, you know, we talked about two speed. Yeah. And I'll build on that. Uh, you know, we are in a world, you know, this VUCA world, which is full of paradoxes. Yeah. And as a leader, you know, you need to, to master these paradoxes at the same time. You don't have a choice. You know, it is both growth and profitability. It is short term, long term. It is customers, employees. It's and machine. I can keep going on. This notion of mastering duality, um, I believe, is one of the most important leadership challenges and opportunities for the digital age. Yeah, this is what has been my reflection is very different. It's something which I had not really thought a lot about earlier, but over the last couple of years, I think it started, you know, with my time at Flipkart, you know, when I was really, you know, that was as VUCA as you get. Um, and then last uh, three, four years of leading in CEDO, I think this notion of we are in a world of paradoxes, you know, you have to accept it. And in those seemingly a contradictory or conflicting set of objectives that how do you how do you optimize both you know not trade-offs but how do you optimize both um, I, I think that is the, the great leadership opportunity for this digital age finally I know you have um, college uh, kids so do I for young professionals people who were born in the digital age uh, who are not afraid of using technology. Is there something for them that you would advise on how do they, how do they succeed in this age, which to them doesn't seem that different, uh, but still uh, from your perspective, maybe some old world wisdom that a digital age native needs to learn. Um, uh, what is your advice for uh, digital age native? Yeah, I feel so excited for them. I wish I was 30 years younger. Uh, you know, this is so I'll make two points here, Sandeep. The first is that look, you know, this is digital age is the age of abundance. Yeah, is the age of opportunity. You know, when you and I were growing up, it was still you know age of scarcity. You know, the options were become an engineer, become a doctor, right? At least growing up in India. Uh, this is the age of abundance, and and you know, I, I think that should really liberate you know, every young person today to find their own passion own, and their own path. And, and the best way of doing that is to be an entrepreneur. Uh, it should really, you know, you know, that's a big encouragement. That's the opportunity. And being an entrepreneur is not just about doing a startup, though that's a very big part of it. You know, even if you are doing a job, you, you need to be an entrepreneur. And what is being an entrepreneur? Being an entrepreneur is about creating something and to create something, you have to take risks. Right? Those are the two fundamental elements of that. So, so that's what I would just say that hey, go and you know be an entrepreneur, you know, because yeah, it's you know, it's the age of abundance. You know, it's the entry barriers are generally low, capital is available. Go out, have fun, explore the world, and if you even if you fail, the the downside, the you know, is not that high. So that's kind of advice number one. But advice number two really is that. 
in a world which is changing so rapidly, think about things that don't change. Yeah. Um, so it's it's a very important cost, construct to my mind. You know, a lot of change. So what is it that is not going to change? And those are skills that you know one should really focus on. And, and there are I, there are many things I can talk about, but I'll call out two things. First is problem solving. The ability to look at any complex problem and being able to zone it down on okay, here is the core, here is the core issue to be solved. That is never going to go out of fashion. In fact, in this crazy VUCA world, that's even more important than before. So build outstanding problem-solving skills. Yeah? And the second thing is developing this human empathy, developing the human empathy of being able to connect with the other person and, and being able to put yourself in the other person's shoes, seeing things from other person's perspective. And that is really fundamental to leadership, that is fundamental to communication. Yeah. So that would be my second advice, you know, uh, problem solving and empathy, uh, these will never go out of fashion. Thank you, uh, Nathan. The time has passed quickly. Um, in, in the digital age, uh, that's what happens. <laughs> we are at the end. Thank you so much for sharing. Um, you have the book, The Winning in the Digital Age. Yeah. Guys, please go ahead, learn um, from, from the guy who has done it all for large company, startup, startup becoming big company, uh, strategy consultant. And it's packed with case studies and I've read it and enjoyed it. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Nathan, it was so good to have you. Thanks, Sandeep. Always a pleasure talking to you. Thank you for listening to The Brand Called You videocast and podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience, and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called you.